0: Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at MarksDailyApple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at PrimalBlueprint.com.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Anna, or you can uh, call her Dr. Anna Kabeca. She's uh, Do OBGYN, and she wrote an incredible book coming out called The Hormone Fix that I really liked. And I told her before the show I read a lot of these books, as all the listeners know. And this one impressed me, and I thought there was so much uh, valuable information in there and a really incredible guide. And uh, in fact, I had a <laughs> digital copy sent to me for the interview, but I requested a hard copy because I was like, I want this book around. Um, I want to look at it and I want to feel it and refer to it. So welcome to the show.
2: I am honored. Thank you so much, Elle, for having me.
1: So, w- you know, there's so many things to talk about because you, we're going to talk about keto. We're going to talk about women's issues, especially and hormones. and um, And frankly, that's relative to all people. But let's start with This obscure journal article from like 1924 that you read that kind of pointed out that making a ketogenic diet more alkaline could be the answer. So let's start there.
2: Yeah, you know, this is goes back to my story when I was, um, I was struggling I, I, way back. In, when I was 38 years old, I was diagnosed with early menopause, premature ovarian failure. And so I worked through nutrition, functional medicine, lifestyle, bioidentical hormones to reverse that. And then part of my story is, you know, from going to complete infertility to having a baby at 41, well, then age 48 hit. And that I was experiencing exactly what so many other patients experience. I Always heard clients come in in this perimenopausal time period and say, Dr. Anna, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds and I'm not doing anything different. And I'd mm-hmm. be like, you know, as a physician, I'm like, yeah, thinking in the back of my mind, sure, you're not, right? Maybe you're more sedentary. You're not getting out as much. You're having an extra dessert, you know, And and then it happened to me. So I was 48. And after. After having been over 240 pounds and losing 90 of those pounds and keeping it off for nearly a decade, I was terrified. And so the ketogenic diet, I knew that well for st- clients who were epileptic or had um, any, any other um, neurologic disorders, I would try that. However, in the perimenopausal client, and whenever I tried it, I would get irritated or <laughs> irritable. <laughs> <laughs> and I call it like the keto crazy side effect. Right. And so I, and you're was, not
1: talking right. about the initial carb dependent withdrawal that most people, you're not talking about that first couple of week. Awkwardness. No. You're talking about, I just want to clarify, you're talking about not the keto flu or that you're talking about something else.
2: Yeah, not talking about keto flu at all. Total hormone craziness. So, you know, like PMS on steroids and and just almost like just that irritability. And definitely different from keto flu. So I was curious as to why that was happening, but it was like, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get off these 20 pounds that now I had gained, right? Because it happened to me and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I can't do that. I you know, I've gotta keep this weight off. And so, I went, to, I went to the research and said, well, what's going on? And I found that obscure article out of Cambridge in the 1920s. And I was like, wow, that's the key point. Adding in alkalinity, at, you know, an alkalinity factor increased the duration of ketones. And also, I mean, so that was like, aha, uh-huh, of course, let me see what's happening. So, I started checking my urinary pH because we're not looking at blood pH. We're looking at urinary pH as a marker of overall health. And, uh, and it was to- urine pH below 5, consistently below 5. And a healthy urinary pH on a regular basis should be 7 or better. Easy test, take costs pennies a day. Everyone should really work to strive to wake up with a urinary pH at 7 and go to bed with a urinary pH of 7. And it's going to fluctuate naturally, but figure that out because that is huge. And I write about that a lot in my book to help us discern what works for us and what's not working for us. So adding in that alkalinity component, hence the greens, low carb greens and lifestyle factors to improve our overall state so we're not using our stress hormones which tend to make us more acidic anyway like cortisol. So that Aha moment for me made all the difference. So I employed it in my life at that time, and I lost 18 of the 20 pounds in six weeks. And I then took eight of my most troublesome clients—again, a gynecologist and menopausal clients with resistant weight gain, with resistant weight loss—and I I put them all on this program, making them check their urine, going keto green, and intermittent, you know intermittent fasting, just at least 12.5 hours between dinner and breakfast, nothing too extreme, and stop snacking, you know, kind of principles that I put into place. And lo and behold, they all did amazing. And that's what led me to take this program online and now around the world in getting people to understand that they can easily, by just checking and changing or adding n- nutrients, healthy amounts of micronutrients and these greens, these alkalinizer factors and checking to see what beyond nutrition is affecting them, that combination makes all the difference. We really are then able to control our major hormones and feel that balance and peace instead of the keto crazy. (laughs)
1: no very, very well said, and also just going back to the beginning of making things more alkaline, you know a lot of people tend to when you go to keto, they think, "Oh, all the meat you want or they overdo fat and protein and that's okay at first, you got to make some mistakes you know we we've all been there, but sometimes when your appetite gets suppressed and you're really freaked out about carbs you you, you kind of miss veggies and that is important and even if you can get it in you know like your your keto green smoothie or something per day to alkaline and also just add the veggies in these are all pretty much free low carb and you lay that out in your book too i mean you have all the list of veggies in in separated by you know alkaline rich this that and the other i mean there's the, the guide is so clear to go okay how do i start to get there. Um, and I know you would probably say, Hey, start, start with that. Like adding, (laughs) adding the keto, the keto keto green in there. Yeah. The smoothie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see when you, um, interesting. You said in your book that studies show that a ketogenic state combined with intermittent fasting can lower your risk of developing breast cancer. Can you elaborate on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was a good study that was published um, 2017, summer of 2017, that looked at women who've had breast cancer and if they were intermittent fasting, had at least 12.5 hours between dinner and breakfast, they had a significantly reduced rate of recurrent breast cancer and breast cancer in general. And that's a huge finding. And, And there's several reasons for that, I believe, but that was just like one of the landmark studies to look at okay look there's it's not just about what we eat and that's why i say with my keto green way it's about 25% of what we eat and 75% of lifestyle so how we eat the timing of our meals that can make a huge difference and especially in creating insulin sensitivity the more insulin insulin sensitive we are the less likely we are to have diabetes cancer and other uh, metabolic disorders
1: let's talk about, um, what you mentioned, which actually happened to me too. Um, so I'm 45 and it it started to happen to me a while back where the second half of the month was terrible. It was like, I only wanted to live in the first 10 or 12 days of the month, which, you know, that's a lot of the year. And, uh, I felt like I gained 10 pounds, you know, and finally I biohacked it and I actually started using, uh, like low dose progesterone absolutely changed my life. And you talk about that and why this might be even more important for people in their forties um to, to adopt this. And can you explain that? Um and 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 talk a little bit about progesterone and how this is related?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Ellen, I can totally sympathize with you. Because it is you're not alone in that. And it's one of the things I always tell my clients, if you only hate your husband two weeks out of the month, it's probably your hormones and not your husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you're crying at cat commercials for two weeks out of the month <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: Exactly. And it's important for us to understand that physiology drives our behavior. Instead of beating us ourselves up about it, look, I'm cranky, I'm irritable, you know, I'm having relationship issues. Let's go into the self-care model and restore this hormonal balance and that's one of the things that i needed to do as part of my journey was to restore some peace and sanity in my life well you know it's um biblically there's a, a statement that says to be able to feel the peace that surpasses all understanding like when we can have peace despite what is going on around us and that's that's a huge goal for me and it's important as a mom now I'm 52 with a 10-year-old right I got to keep my sanity so when our hormones are starting to fluctuate when our as our ovarian reserve decreases we're producing less eggs each month, and hence less progesterone. So this dive in progesterone really starts in our, can start in our mid to late 30s and continues progressively downward. And in this time period, a few things happen. So we can become estrogen dominant. So PMS symptoms, weight gain, bloating, um, menstrual irregularities, heavier in more frequent periods or breakthrough bleeding can all occur simultaneously, which is not fun. And that's what typically takes a client down the roll of birth control pills, even if you don't need it for birth control, then, you know, uh, ablation surgery or hysterectomy. And then further on down the road, I always joke kind of tongue-in-cheek, the psychiatrist and the divorce attorney,
1: right? So we don't want to go there. <laughs> Let's not end up there. Yeah.
2: Let's not end up there, right? And so as, as a gynecologist, one of the things that I saw is that when clients started to come, as I started to go through my own journey and, and implement that with my clients in my practice, I went from doing two to three surgeries a week, you know, helpful surgeries, to two to three a year. That made all That's the difference. incredible. In the it's incredible. It's incredible. I didn't think that would be possible. And you know, again, to, everything to everything indicated, and with the goal of help the client as fast as possible. So as I started learning more, again, functional medicine, bioidentical hormones, my approach became this. So when a client came in with PMS, irregular cycles, breakthrough bleeding, weight gain, fibrocystic breast, ovarian cyst, uterine mean, name it, any complaint, I'm like, okay, well, let me do all your labs, including a complete thyroid panel and hormone panel. And while I'm waiting for these results to come back, I'm going to put you on my 21-day detox. you going know, to check your urine, make sure your pH gets alkaline, and when you come back in, we'll go over your results. And of course, every time a clients came in, I had them fill out one of the same questionnaires that are in my book, and every time they'd come back in, I'd watch those numbers. So typically, at their follow-up visit in four to six weeks, they would be 90% better, 90% better. Their symptom scores drop. Patients would tell me, Dr. Anna, I haven't felt this good in decades, and some would even say, I didn't realize how bad I was feeling till I started feeling good again. And I love hearing- Yes,
1: I want to highlight that. I would like to highlight that. It's a very common thing when you felt subpar for a while that it becomes normal. And then you feel- this next level or a level you've never been at and you're blown away by in disbelief that you had no idea this was a way you could live that this was how your brain could operate etc right it's fat i'm sure you've had that too with other things in your life it is really amazing you don't even know that's why i think it's worth everyone to go down this direction because even if you think you're great you could get to a level of which you don't even know yet and that's happened to me and a lot of other people
2: absolutely absolutely and that's where it's like don't give up we tend to just as women especially power through deal with it you know ignore the symptoms until they become unbearable and that has to
1: stop because those are just cries for help so in you also talk about MCT oil and how you really prefer that and, in, you know, in helping increase metabolism and, you know, normalizing low thyroid function. And that's interesting because there are people in this world who have had some low thyroid function, sometimes even after having a child, et cetera. And then they will go to the natural alternatives. And oftentimes I've heard, you know, coconut oil or, and I know you prefer MCT, but still we have that component there. And they were like, Hey, I just did this regimen and it really turned it around for me. So it's just amazing how something so simple, right? But let's talk about you being a fan of MCT oil.
2: Yeah, I definitely like MCT oil. Just one thing is because it's liquid at room temperature and it blends really nice in my smoothies. <laughs> so that's the selfish reason. But if we look at the components of the, um, the fatty acids, the C8, C10 components, that's a nice clean way. But I do love coconut oil too for so many things. So I think it's just, you know, again... It's great to have both and to alternate and to, and to look at that. But in my experience too, in working with clients, it's really important that we just all around improve our fatty acid component because all our hormones are made from fats. So incorporating that into our diet is beneficial in that way, plus staving off hunger. You know, L, you talked and we talked briefly before we started just about the thyroid mm-hmm. issue. There's some studies and, and some um, experts questioning the ketogenic diet in thyroid, and I've looked at those research articles, and I am not convinced. And those are um, the two that I found.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I love what I love when you started to tell me like what was in the study. I was like, yeah, okay, well,
2: it, it, exactly on th- on antiepileptic medication, right? And then we want to trans, you know, um, to. Uh, Generalize that across all populations. I think that's a disservice. Wait, so, clar- clarify the study again. They they tested what subjects? Epileptics. So, um, children on, uh, with re, um, severe epileptic children, like on two two having two seizures a day, who have failed anti therapy. And then worked with them on a ketogenic diet. And they don't really explain the diet, but they did eliminate all multivitamins and minerals from their diet as well, <laughs> excluding
1: people who were on multivitamins. Well, and- that's a way to make anything fail, right? Like, I'm going to prove that this thing fails. Let's strip it of everything that has the potential to make it uh, possible. Right.
2: And it's not my clinical experience. So one of the things, and you experienced this as well, and is that I, improvement in thyroid function Improvement in tsh optimization of it and just an overall symptom improvement that is phenomenal when you when I've taken clients again clients that I again, haven't seen but have been doing my program around the world improve following the keto green program with intermittent fasting no more snacking right let's check and see that we are actually getting into ketosis because it's one thing we like to do is just guess and also getting an alkaline urinary pH. Cause again, we can think we're eating everything right, but we're, if we're not testing, we're just guessing that this diet is working for us. So, and clients have, in every one I've tested and I've had thyroid levels to test, they had an improvement, improvement or maintenance of their healthy thyroid function. So.
1: Yeah. And you know, on that note, when we were talking before the show about this, so if, and I'll say it again, it's like, People who are striving for looking for new diets are usually having a metabolic issue, and it could be the eating, it could be the wrong paradigm, and just needing to get with the program, of course. But there are people too who are struggling with thyroid, and so sometimes going keto won't necessarily solve it, but it can. It can be a it, it's the way to go naturally. In my book, the natural protocol is hey. Get yourself cleaned out and on a low carb paradigm, you know, low carb, high fat matter protein paradigm. It doesn't have to be keto right away, but but go start to clean out and see if in eight weeks things have improved. I have seen things like you miraculously change for people in six to eight weeks. People who have Hashimoto's, feeling like crap, they're depressed, totally bloated and fat, and then like six weeks later, they deflated, their hair looks great, they look bright in the eyes, and they're woken up and it was because they changed that paradigm. But sometimes that doesn't work. So if, if you're out there and you're trying something, keto or anything else, and you get beyond six, eight weeks and there's no, you're doing everything right, then you need to get a full thyroid panel and you need to see is something else affecting this. And then what I, another thing I like to explain is if you've been hypothyroid for a very long time, then it's a domino effect and everything else isn't working right and isn't there to support you. So that sometimes you need thyroid hormone replacement to get unhypo so that you can then address perhaps all of the causes of it. Because sometimes you can spend years, right? I've seen people spend years, try to do something naturally or fix it naturally. And they're miserable and they're suffering. And I look at it like, well, the body has been in this disease state for so long, you know, it's hard to ignite that out of it. Let's make it unhypo, you know, if possible at that point. And then you can kind of clean up the stuff, which is essentially kind of what happened to me over time as I was on thyroid medication, I was still able to clean up all of the varying factors, work on my health, and then slowly over time, reduce the amount of medication. And some people have gotten off of thyroid medication altogether. And I want to give a shout out to Allie Miller RD. She's on Instagram and uh, wrote the anti-anxiety diet. She has Hashimoto's and she is, has her ant- TPO antibodies or maybe like 14. They're, they're low, but they're, they're there, but she doesn't have to take thyroid hormone anymore because she optimized and got well with everything else. So You know, if you also have become insulin resistant through diet and, you know, just being a food addict, etc., then, and you're obese and really headed towards type two diabetes or not obese, but just headed towards type two diabetes, then yes, this is going to make you insulin sensitive and and really help thyroid function as well. Because diabetes and thyroid go hand in hand, you know, type two diabetes, they often will run into thyroid problems as well, vice versa. So it's just, they are connected and everybody should be heading in this direction who has thyroid issues. But if you're on keto for eight weeks and you're getting fatter and fatter and miserable, miserable, then yeah, let's get tested, you know, but it's, the first order of business almost to go in the natural, again, like you you are looking at the root and that's what I appreciate about you. You're like, well, let's look at your diet, come back in 21 days and they're 90% better. And then you have a, a, a you know biological platform that's better for you to work with, right? I mean, that's the whole point, getting them better. So now they're at like already five steps ahead.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like the kind of removing the sludge, right? Like you're talking about with thyroid, we get into a sludge state, right? It's like dragging yourself through mud and that's how it can feel. So I want to emphasize what you said about, you know, if you're You have to get tested. I think these hormone levels, and I talk about testing in the book, it's important to look at the full panel of thyroid hormones, but also recognize, just like you, and I love Allie Miller, by the way, is that even though you're on thyroid medication, and pretty much all thyroid medication is bioidentical, and so we look typically at T4 and T3 replacement, but you can get off of it. You're not completely suppressing your thyroid where it's not going to re-stimulate and function healthy again, and you're living proof of that. So I love that you call that out.
1: Yeah. And I did have my thyroid fully suppressed for many, many years, and it still is able to kick kick back so it's it's never a lost cause completely and for some people you know what it's okay if you're on thyroid hormone forever you're giving yourself what you need a lot of people are scared of it because they're like i don't want to be on a medication and i try to explain that well use properly don't look at it like a medication medication is kind of what i look at like birth control or something that's manipulating the body in a way it wasn't meant to be you know? And that's where the, the side effects come in on the big sheet you get when you have that versus thyroid hormone. If used right, you are giving yourself what you need. And so I also don't want people to fear that. And it's okay. people. I know people have lived a long, great life so far on thyroid hormone replacement. So if it, 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 I don't want anyone to think that, you know, oh, I, I can never get off it. And that's a bad thing. You know, some people have to be, but for a lot of cases, you know, anything is possible. You can really recalibrate this whole feedback loop. Um, let's talk a little bit more about keto. I know your suggestion is, hey, don't follow a 100% keto diet without a physician unless a few things.
2: Well, definitely. If you are insulin dependent diabetic, you've been diagnosed with diabetes, you're on any type of heart medication um, I think those are those are concerns. Now, can you still do it? Absolutely, but I would definitely get guidance from your physician because your your meds are going to need to be adjusted. So that's one thing. And the other is the ApoE phenotype with um, genetic testing. And again, it's not. Uh, no, because I've had clients with APOE do really, really well with keto green. And so I want to just emphasize that too. But those are, those are kind of like, okay, if you're, you know, under, if you're taking insulin, you're on medication, you're type one diabetic, you definitely want to do this slow and with physician guidance.
1: So for the next bit of conversation, I want to just warn our audience that even though it's medical. We are going to be getting into the nether regions of the female body for a <laughs> second. And so if there's children around, you don't want to hear hear certain words and terms and have them ask you questions. Now's the time to ch- uh, pause that. So uh, let's talk about this. So uh, I saw one term in your book and I was like, oh God, no. And that, <laughs> and that was vaginal atrophy. And I was like, okay, I, I like wanted to just jump off of a bridge. I'm like, please don't say this, this is going to happen to me. But can you explain just explain how you kind of even got into that discussion and, and why that's there and there's there's so much to talk about here because I know women postmenopausal are suffering with with some things and you have so many ways to help even including homemade lube so we'll get into that but start there.
2: Yeah, and it's funny. Um so many so many topics here to discuss and I like if you have children in the room to um uh be aware because what where the where would the discussion go, go and I'm I just have to laugh because my daughter, Ava Marie, you know, my miracle child, the child I was told I would never be able to have, she's 10 now. And I had um, just a funny aside, I had a car accident, so I had to get a new car and um, a deer jumped in front of my car. So I had to get a new car. And Ava tells everyone in school, yes, my mom's getting a new Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> Instead it. of a vulvo. So yeah, that's one of the terms. So yeah, her sister's delighted in, in, in filling her in. So a term she hears quite often. <laughs> anyway, so uh, a vaginal atrophy is something that is a consequence of loss of hormones as we get older and no one's immune to it, but there is supportive and natural things we can do to really help that and that's where I've, I've gone in my practice and that in my clinical and now my online practice is working with women with natural solutions and education to empower our body to heal itself for the most part to be the physician of our body right we know it best and so when we start listening to our truths and and identify what natural resources we have to help and I include bioidentical hormones in that natural resource bucket because that is empowering. So, I, um, in 1999, I started my, my practice in Southeast Georgia and one of the first clients to come in, was a 63 year old woman who had been diagnosed with ductal carcinoma in situ out of Emory University, and she was told she could not have any vaginal hormones, uh, no hormone replacement whatsoever. And she came to me, one of my first patients, first times in practice, and said, "Dr. Anna, I rather die than live this way. I have such dryness, can't orgasm, and it hurts to have sex. And I honestly rather die than live this way. How can you help me?" and i was number one intimidated by this woman she was a ceo and of a biotech form, a firm and towered over me and I looked at my doctor's bag, and I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I didn't have anything, but I was a researcher, so I went to the research, and I found out that I could use androgenic hormones such as testosterone, DHEA, and I could even use vaginal estrogen therapy, and research back then, 1999, showed that even vaginal estrogen therapy in clients who'd had breast cancer is associated with a decreased morbidity and mortality. In other words, we'll have a better quality of life and even longer life if we use vaginal estrogen. So, now estrogen only works on the mucosal layer of the vagina to help with those dryness symptoms. And androgens like testosterone and DHEA work on all three layers, including the muscular layer. And there's good research looking at vaginal hormone therapy now. And so, as I my practice evolved and I specialized then in sexual health and bioaduncle hormones, I understood this in, in a much more relational way because so many women... As their hormones start to fluctuate in their late 30s, 40s, we start to experience less pleasure with intercourse. Maybe we have discharge or odor afterwards or irritation and burning or urinary tract infection and the list goes on. Maybe we're experiencing that accidental leak when we cough or sneeze and now we're losing that confidence of our sexuality and that is a reason sometimes that we have less and less intimacy. And that can cause relationship issues as well. And I heard it from so many clients that, you know, they will just power through it. They do this for their husband, but they're not receiving pleasure. And that is one of the reasons why I came up with my natural solution, Jolva, um, anti-aging cream for the vulva, just to help with these symptoms and to, to again, we worry about skin around our eyes and lips. And I would argue that our vulvar skin is much more important. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, hey, vanity upstairs and downstairs. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's important for the long haul because hot flashes eventually stop. and um, But vaginal dryness symptoms don't. And we want to maintain that. And so that's where a little bit of um, anti-aging therapies come in.
1: A, cu- a couple of things here. So one is that how great, and I've mentioned this before in podcasts, and my doctor, Dr. Forsman, is like this, you were not sure about this one was coming in like, yo, this is not going to work. I can't deal. I'm, I'd rather not live. And You know, that's a lot of like pressure on you and you're going, I'm intimidated. But you went and you were like, hey, let me look into this. And mm-hmm. most doctors don't even go that far. And so I really like that you are still geeking out like you should on medicine, you know, and being like, hold on a minute, there's a problem here that I'm not let me, I I need to solve this. And so I love that you, you took those steps because those are the doctors that we, we want to go to, you know, and I often say, Hey, go to a DO or a functional medicine doctor, because they, they might be more inclined to be taking extra steps. So I, I really love that. That's such an important thing. We should all look for that in our patients. And if if your doctor is patronizing you or won't look at anything you've brought in, you know, to to, to show them, um, and dis- discount you, then you know you might need to look elsewhere. So I just wanted to uh, say thank you for that. I had a personal experience. Um, <laughs> so I use my functional doctor for everything pretty much, except for I go to regular gyno to get my you know usual exam. I went in there one time, and you know. I I had no issues. It was just like, just the annual exam. And then they called me and they're like, Hey, your pH is off in your vagina and it's like bacterial, whatever. And they're like, sometimes it can happen from sex and your pH. I'm like, well, that's not possible. It was like literally not, I hadn't had sex in a long time. It was not, it's not (laughs) even possible. I was like, well, this is clearly not possible. Um, and I had no symptoms whatsoever. I had none of the actual classic symptoms of this situation. Um, So I was like, all right. And they were like, you have to take this antibiotic and you can do it vaginally or you can take it orally, but you have to do it like this is serious. And I was like, okay, well, all right, you know, let me just hold off. I'm going to call my functional medicine doctor. I called Dr. Forsman. He's like, all right, first of all, the only time you have to immediately take care of that might be if you're pregnant. Secondly, this happens and goes in waves, and unless you're not having any symptoms, you could try the more natural route. So we tried like doing some yogurt and other stuff, and then that didn't work, but so then we moved to the simpler, cheaper fix. So I had this really serious antibiotic they were gonna give me, okay? It was like $100. Or, which is what I did do, went to the compounding pharmacy, and Dr. Forsman compounded boric acid in capsules, and I put them up there for two weeks, and situation's gone. And you know, I just, it kills me. It's like I wanted to, and I know it's a Western doctor and I understand that they're going by their training, but you know, when you have another answer like that, I just wanted to go back to that guy and be like, why didn't you know that? Why don't you know this? Why are you pushing this serious antibiotic on me that can do way more harm than this other thing over here which is also a potential answer. Why are we going to this first? And you know, it just it made me it, again with my experience of dealing with uninformed doctors, it just killed me. I've one doctor over here. I mean, this woman made me feel like this gynecologist who was a woman made me feel like I was my vagina was going to explode. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, Mm -hmm. she made me concerned. Like, you are, this is, like, she was, and meanwhile, the other doctor over here is going, oh my gosh, don't, don't, this is, don't worry about this. This is nothing. This is like a no-brainer. Just go do this, and then we'll see what happens. And if for some reason you can't get beyond that, we'll we'll go to aggressive measures, but, and it worked. So, ah, I just want to share that with the audience, because you really need to go to some second and third opinions when it comes to doing anything serious or if a doctor scaring you like that, you know, and I, I I was, I fell prey to it, you know, Dr. Anna, I really did for a minute. Well,
2: you're not alone. And I think that I'm proud of you for listening to your intuition, right? You had that second, that questioning voice and you didn't just say, okay, oh, powerful doctor, I'm just going to listen to what you say. Right. And you're like, well, let me just confirm this. And I, I do that all the time with my kids and you know, their dentist appointments and all this stuff. I'm always like, okay, you know, we've got to." check this out that that's good listen to your inner voice and let's explore what is this really and and so again like one of the things that discussed in that ba- bacterial vaginosis that you prob that was probably the diagnosis is yep. because the vaginal ph now is is designed to be more acidic as we lose the healthy hormones or are under stress or whatever it may be maybe you know working out extra hard something shifts sex certainly that ph increases and then bacteria grow and so sometimes we get the the symptoms so with the bad Bacteria vaginosis or vaginitis. If they see white blood cells with it as well, they'll think, okay, this is an infection. We got to take care of this right away. Here's metrogel vaginal, and that's expensive, hundred uh, dollars. Yep, that was it. Yep, and versus oral metronidazole, which would be a lot cheaper, but then you can't drink alcohol, so we don't want that one either.
1: One. No. <laughs> <laughs> some people definitely don't want that. Yeah. So, so, but also antibiotic, right? Yeah, antibiotic. Versus, <laughs> right.
2: Right, and then also one of the things that I learned to do too. Again, it's not in our doctor's bag. Coming out of med school very rarely because we don't have compounding pharmacies in our medical schools we have pharmacies and compounding pharmacies are a, a, such a, a blessing because that's the art of medicine as we learn to practice the art of medicine and I pray more doctors get the breath of time in their practice to be able to put more tools in our doctor's bags because it's a lifetime process as we learn to help the clients heal themselves it is a knee-jerk reaction like look we've got it we've got got a diagnosis. If I don't heal this, something happens Then I'm going to be sued, right? It's a litiginous system that's been created in the United States. We won't see this in Germany. We won't see this in other countries, but we definitely have this issue in the United States. And that's, that has, that's a problem with our medical system and the medical education system that I hope with more functional medicine practices and, 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 education centers, we're starting to see that shift as well as so many more women in medicine and also, you know, helping their kids and themselves as we go through this hormonal change and think, oh my gosh, okay, there's a better way to do this. There has to be. So, I think that shift, we're starting to see that shift hopefully in in medicine and hopefully it'll be a lot quicker than it's been going.
1: (laughs) But. No, but it is is—it's definitely more prevalent now and feels like people are getting more and more up on it and going above and beyond, you know, and I think that that's the practitioners we have to look forward. And, you know, I was raised where um, my mother had an experience where she was having some issues and went into a gynecologist and they said, oh, we're going to have to like scrape her uterus or do some crazy like invasive thing. And she was like, what? And then she went. And, you know, called my grandmother and my grandmother said, no, go see my guy. And she goes and sees the man who actually ultimately delivered me. And he goes, you have a yeast infection. Here, take some, like, use monostat. Like, it was, you know, again, so one doc, you know, so if anyone is asking you to do surgery or take away your internal female organs, you go get a couple of opinions. I think that's just sort of something you would probably suggest as well, yeah?
2: A hundred percent. It reminds me of one client, Lauren, who came to me after being told by three other physicians to have a hysterectomy. Her endometriosis was so bad, but she was recently married. Her husband was 13 years younger than her, and she wanted to have a child. And so, lo and behold, in four months, she was pregnant, and she still has her uterus, and that was hmm, 15 years ago. So, she's probably, he's a teenager now, so I'm not sure she's thanking me right now. But anyway...
1: No, that's great. Actually, you know what? I'd love to hear about a couple of more of those. You know, I know you've had some success stories and you know what's out there and the common complaints people have. So I'd I'd love to hear a couple that really stand out in your mind.
2: Yeah, well, um definitely that the struggle personally with that you know, infertility diagnosis and recognizing and early menopause and talking with other women about it. We're seeing more and more women with earlier and earlier menopause or longer perimenopause, the hormone fluctuation hell symptoms that we we can experience. And that's gotta stop because we should transition, our period should come. We should maybe have a little, oh, I think my period's coming, but that's it. And not this like you know week, two weeks, and and it's so prevalent right now. We have to fix that, and we can do it through nutrition and lifestyle, and really understanding what works for our body. And the same with the perimenopause and postmenopause time period. Postmenopause is a time for us to have a high clarity, high level of wisdom, high level of discernment, and to be able to function, act physically as well as mentally and and spiritually, and as guides and. Um, And I don't want women giving up. There's a recent study that is um, published that looked at women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And what I found is that women in their 30s are more likely to try to change, try to figure out, find a solution. After age 56, women are giving up. And I don't want anyone listening to this podcast. To give up on themselves ever, ever. And so I'll share with you a personal story. And again, I've helped many clients now, you know, thousands going through perimenopause, menopause, really regain that clarity, regain that love of life, desire. And I love one client. Her name's Catherine. I'll tell you her story. She is a um, renal nurse, a renal nurse, works in a dialysis center, charge nurse, so very stressful. She would come home and be on the couch exhausted at the end of the day. Nothing left for her, her family, her, her horse in the backyard, and um, and that was her life. She started working with me in one of my online programs and went through, followed the same steps that I've, I've outlined in my book, and within, within weeks, she had energy, she was out grooming and then riding her championship horse, Rizzo, that she was about to give away to sell, And she hadn't been on him in over two years. Over two years, she had been giving up on life. And one of the things she said to me that stuck, she said, Dr. Anna, not only am I just feeling better, I'm enjoying my family more. But what's more important, they're liking me better, too. And we're spending time together. And that was like, yes, that's it. That's the joy. That's the, you know, that's the bliss that we want to have. And that's what we are entitled to. We're not entitled. We're not to expect aches and pains, joint aches, you know, dementia, nursing homes. Why are we going to get that? That is the going trend. We need to reverse that completely. And so a lifetime example was with my, a very personal example was with my father who was 79 years old. And this is now 13 years ago. He was 79 years old and he was visiting from Pennsylvania to Southeast Georgia. And he took a, you know, the wheelchair through the airport because he was exhausted and he got here and he was cranky and irritable, right? And also I could tell he wasn't feeling well. And I said, dad, you know, what's going on? And he said, you know, Anna, I'm just not feeling well. And I said, Would you like me to talk to your doctors for you? And he's absolutely. And um, I spoke with his heart doctor, and he said, His heart doctor, who I adored, who had taken care of my mom who'd passed away some years before, he said, His, his heart doctor, my dad's 79, he said to me, You know, Anna, he's 79. He's had a good life. And I was, that,
1: that, that's it?
2: That's it. That's it. And I was kind of. Oof, yeah. Wow. And I I, mm. I hung up the Foam, answer. <laughs> yeah. And I asked my dad, dad, are you done living? And he's like, no. And I said, well, you listen to me. In the next 30 days, I took him down from 120 units of insulin to 20 units of insulin. He lost 30 pounds. He went from that wheelchair moving around because he couldn't breathe. he was short of breath to being out on the tennis court with my kids. And let me tell you, he lived another 12 years, high quality, mental clarity,
1: good years. He must've been so happy to have been on that tennis court. Finally.
2: Oh, man, what a difference. Just And then travel, like he had a new lease on life. And and one thing that he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, when you said that you would help me, I'm like, okay, well, I can make 80. And then he just kept going from there till 91. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Perseverance pays, Mm -hmm. I always say, and it did for me, right? I was not willing to give up on myself. So everyone out there, you cannot give up on yourself. You are, that you're it for you. Your brain, your thoughts in your own body. That's it. That's all you got. We have our tribe of friends and family, but you're living in this body every day. And we really want you to feel comfortable in it. Don't Mm -hmm. ever stop trying um, to achieve that because life is so much better. Let's talk about um, let's talk about some of your products. You mentioned one Jolva, which is the, the vaginal cream. Um, but you also have this maca green situation, that, which I really liked. You send me some samples to tell us there's and everyone can go we'll put it in the show notes, but tell everyone your website.
2: Yeah, so my website is dranna.com. So D-R-A-N-N-A dot com. And tell us about
1: what you have for us other than the Jolva.
2: Oh, yeah. So we have actually, we'll offer your audience also a free trial of Mighty Maca Plus, which is a superfood combination of over 30 superfoods that really helped me on my journey to health. And again, and it is a combination of maca. So maca from Peru that grows above 11,000 feet in the Andes and has been touted for centuries to be this uh, power food. Essentially, when we were, when I was traveling there to Peru, the um, and I was infertile. They said, well, if you're infertile, have maca. If your baby's not thriving, have maca. If you're tired, have maca. And then they would elbow my husband and say, and it's the Peruvian Viagra. Hmm. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you're love like, that. hey,
1: keep it, keep it on the under, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Okay, we'll talk about this
2: later. <laughs> and so, of course, as the scientist, I had to figure out, well, why? Maca in and of itself contains macaenes, unique proteins just to it. It's a cruciferous vegetable, so hence... Um, it's in the cruciferous family, so hence it has breast-healthy properties. It's also rich in arginine, which is exactly how Viagra works, by producing nitric oxide. And so um, arginine helps our body do that. So, yeah, it had that benefit. Plus, we know it's adrenal adaptogenic. So I added in other adaptogens, such as resveratrol, turmeric, quercetin, grapeseed extract, and the list goes on with fiber and greens. So an alkalinizing powerful supplement... Uh, a nutritional drink and it's it's a powder. So I want people to drink it versus taking pills. So a scoop in four to eight ounces of water once to twice a day is really very, very helpful. And uh, so that's one of the things that I created. And honestly, that was part of my exploration as I traveled and worked to heal myself. And I just needed enough to have it manufactured for me naturally. And then this combination, because I couldn't stand the taste of maca absolutely. Actually, at all, L. So I have to be honest about that. <laughs> so I had to make it taste good and be even better than any one ingredient by itself. So that's how Mighty Maca Plus was born, and now it's over thirty. It's in over thirty countries. You know, physicians from over fifteen medical specialties recommend it, and see we see great results with it. So we have that's a, excellent.
1: How can our audience get um, to try it? So
2: we'll have a free trial offer link um, posted in your show notes. We'll send you that. Great. So We have that offer.
1: Yeah. Excellent. So, for those wanting to uh, check that out, go to the show notes at blog.primalblueprint.com, and we will list it there. So, your book, The Hormone Fix, is coming out very soon. Uh, where can we find it? Woohoo!
2: I know. I'm so excited. Anywhere books are sold. So, yeah, anywhere books are sold, definitely go to your local, re- you know, book retailer and anywhere online as well. So, I'm excited about that.
1: Excellent. Everybody check out her book. It's really great. And her website as well. Um, Anything else you'd like to leave our audience with today?
2: I think just what you said is that don't ever stop trying. Don't ever give up on yourself. There's always another pearl, another gem, another next right step that you can take. And I hope that, you know, me and my book will be part of it. So I thank you, Elle, for having me on today. And I thank your
1: listeners as well for listening. Thanks again. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm, it used to be called Primal Calm. And the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life, in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right. Phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used... In Europe, on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So, this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.